welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank and Trust that's empowering business leaders, one conversation at a time. We'll hear from different business leaders about how they've found success in cultivating their professional networks and keeping them healthy and strong. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank and Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Enterprising Podcast. Delighted to have you here as usual. Today's guest, Elizabeth Haberberger, is president of Dale Carnegie, Missouri, where she consults with clients in a variety of industries and sizes from Fortune 500 companies to local family-owned businesses. Known for bringing energy to any room and her boundless enthusiasm and passion, Liz's number one rule of life is to have fun. So we are going to have some fun today. Liz, Welcome to Enterprising. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we are so glad to hear from you. I want to start with the first things first. Tell us about the work of Dale Carnegie and please include what would Dale Carnegie say about the importance of networking and building relationships? So I'll give you a Dale Carnegie quote that I think will sum it up. Dale Carnegie says, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years trying to get other people interested in you. I think that's what he would say about networking. And that really kind of sums up the work that we do. Um, The work that we do is really focused on those critical business skills. How do we connect with other people, build trust so that we can lead, sell, influence, whatever it is that we want to do more effectively. Yeah. I mean, gosh, isn't it the case that by building trust, I mean, anything is really possible. And I think that that's almost like the thing that we all have to remember in everything we do, no matter what our industry, our business, you know, whatever the case, building trust is almost the first thing we must engage in. Yeah. Google did a big study called Project Aristotle and they found that trust, or they called it psychological safety, was the number one trait of a high performing team. And you know how most people, they get all the technical training they need in order to be successful in their role. Well, what Dale Carnegie found out is that about 85% of what makes someone successful isn't the knowledge they have, but it's the skills and the attitudes that we develop. And trust is absolutely one of those. And if we're not intentional or consistent or proactive about developing those types of skills, they kind of fall by the wayside and we try to rely on those things that we know, our technical knowledge, and then we wonder why it's not working. So true. And, you know, that intentionality, I think, is so critical really to anything we do. And especially in business and building relationships, being intentional about it in an authentic way, of course. I think it makes all the difference. Tell us a little bit more about Dale Carnegie, Missouri. What what, what do you do at Dale Carnegie, Missouri? What does that cover? And, and do you have partners throughout the country? Yes. So we have partners across the world. So Dale Carnegie is present in over, yeah, over 80 countries have Dale Carnegie. I say in the U.S., pretty much every major city is going to have a Dale Carnegie territory or Dale Carnegie office. So I lead both St. Louis and Kansas City. So pretty much anything down Highway 70 there connects us. And our business today, we work with individuals. So we'll have individuals come to us and say, hey, I want to be a better leader. I want to get into sales. We'll also work with teams and organizations. So we'll have organizations partner with us and say, hey, we're really trying to build a certain culture, or we've got a team of high potential leaders that we really want to develop and invest in for them. And so we'll go in and create custom programs and and work specifically with them too. 
So cool. Well, let's talk about you a little bit. How, how do you actively manage your own network? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good question, isn't it? I manage my network lots of different ways. So I'm very active on social media. So that's one way that I try to stay in touch with a lot of people. The more connections I have gotten, I find the harder it is to stay in touch and to manage that network. So social media for me or um, LinkedIn, I do a lot on Instagram, but that's more like I do I do some of my personal stuff there. And then LinkedIn is really my professional network, but it's a great way for me to connect with them, even if I'm not physically like a one-to-one coffee or an email, but they're constantly seeing me, I'm engaging on their posts. So I do a lot through LinkedIn. I also try to just stay really engaged in different organizations or networks in the St. Louis and Kansas City areas. We're constantly going to networking events and then just making the time to reach out to those people who I do want to have that more personal connection with and setting up coffees or Zoom calls or whatever the the appropriate uh, mode of, of communication is at the time. Well, and so it's interesting that you said it in Zoom calls also that you're including that. And and I mean, how, things have certainly changed as a result of the pandemic where networking has taken on a much broader meaning that, yes, I mean, in my vernacular, coffee, lunch, coffee, like I, I love it when when people can connect. It doesn't have to be over a meal or coffee, but just connect in a, again, in an intentional way. But you're adding this new component that we've all become experts in without even intending to, and that is through virtual media. So talk a little bit more about that. Have you embraced Zoom or whatever virtual platform, or has that been has that been a challenge for you personally and or for Dale Carnegie? Girl, I am loving all things yeah. virtual. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot to in person, right? And getting to actually sit down with someone and have a coffee or have lunch. The plus of virtual is that I can schedule like five virtual meetings in a day, whereas in person, I might have only been able to do two or three. So like the quantity of meetings or of connections that I've been able to make has gone up and the quality really hasn't dropped at all. There's all kinds of research out there on virtual meetings and Zooms and Zoom fatigue, especially when you do a more intimate Zoom, like a one-on-one, you know, or a really small group of people, just spending the time to really connect on a personal level and not just a, hey, here's what I need from you and I'm going to look at seven other screens while I'm typing. But there's some simple things that you can do to connect just as effectively so you can increase your quantity and you can have the same or increased quality online too. Yeah. And I'm famous now for saying there's no drive time between Zoom meetings. I mean, we really can beef up the number of interactions that we have. And I, I agree with you. For me personally, from a just a mental health perspective and a wellness perspective, actually, I think Zoom saved my life during the pandemic because you could still see human beings. And right, there's no replacement for that face-to-face, in-person human interaction. But in the absence of that, Zoom was pretty amazing. So I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. And you know, when we could start talking about all the accoutrements, so the ring lights and the cool cameras and the, you know, the microphones, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I think there are things that can really 
enhance that experience. But I, I'm with you. I think it's a it's a great thing. And you know, I want to go back to something you said before. You were talking about one of the ways that you are able to stay connected to people is through social media. And so for you, whether it be LinkedIn for professional purposes or Instagram for primarily personal purposes, but maybe some professional as well. You know, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot lately is is people sort of acknowledging that they feel like they are staying in touch with more people because they're seeing more on social media. So to me, this is like the really great news story about social media that we we often talk about the, the negative wah-wah sort of news. And yet it's a wonderful way to at least feel like you have a sense of connection. And, and in fact, I ran into a, a grade school friend of mine last week. He knew exactly who I was immediately. And I said, how did you recognize me? And he chuckled and he said, well, you're wearing a name tag, first of all. And so I, I I felt a little embarrassed about that. But he said, but you know what? He's like, on all honesty, I follow you on social media. So I feel like I know what's going on with you, even though we haven't seen each other in a number of years. So the fact that you've been able to do that effectively through LinkedIn or through Instagram, I think is really special and meaningful. Yeah. They say, especially like in sales, that the person who communicates the best is not always the one who wins. It's the one who can communicate the clearest, the fastest. That's the person who wins. And so by no means am I the best at anything, but I try to really communicate clearly and consistently with people so that when they do think of something or when they do have a question, they're like, oh, I know exactly who I need to call or I know exactly who I should talk to. I need to call Liz. So great. So great. Liz, I know that you have a family and you're very involved with them as well as deeply ingrained in your business, which you continue to expand. So how do you make time for all of the components of your life while still honoring your own rule, which as you say, is to always have fun? So someone in our office, probably, I don't know, maybe three, four months ago, said something about time that like really stuck with me because we all get in the habit of, right? Like, I don't have time for that. I can't go to the gym or I don't have time to do this extra meeting or whatever it is. And she said, whenever you say, I don't have time for that, what you're really saying is that's not a priority for me right now. And so when she said that, that like kind of put it in perspective for me, that's like, oh, that's a, that's like a different kind of harsher way sometimes to look at it. Like, oh gosh, but my health really is a priority for me, but I'm saying that it's not a priority for me right now. So number one thing that I do to get it all in is that I have an incredible husband who is like a true partner in every sense of the word who does like a lot of mornings of school drop off and does taking one to hockey practice and school pickups. And so we've always kind of had this, like whatever needs to get done and whoever can do it, they're going to be the one to go do it. He also really supports me and like what I love to do in the business and what I love to do in going to the gym. And I really support him. He loves to go hunting and play softball And so we've always just kind of prioritized getting done the things that make us happy and then the things we need to make each other happy. And it's always worked. Not to say that every second is fun, but at the end of the day, it works. Well, and that notion of priorities, I mean, that that can be useful for all of us, that that we really do have to prioritize. I mean, we all have the same 24 hours in a day and we choose how to fill them up. And what you're saying is yes, and, and prioritize them appropriately and you can make it work. So not that something's not important, but maybe it's not important right now. And for you, you're sort of in that that moment where you're kind of prioritizing based on family life stage. So it, it seems that that's worked really well for you. Yeah, they say, um, so, so 
the tyranny of the urgent says things are either right important or, or it's like is it important and urgent is this important but not urgent and it's oftentimes those things that are really important but they're not urgent that we push to the side because something more urgent comes in its place and maybe it's even something that's it feels like it's important but it's not important for me it's important for somebody else so i'm constantly trying to evaluate making sure that i'm spending the most time on those things that are important to me, because if I spend the most time on those things that are important, but maybe not urgent, it helps me to deal with those things that are important and urgent and get them done because I know I'm getting to work on lots of important things too. I'm imagining sort of this four square graph where you're kind of plotting out, right? You're kind of plotting out important, unimportant, urgent, not urgent. And that makes sense. I I get that. I get that. So that's actually really helpful. Talking kind of about this idea of important and urgent, I'm thinking about how you engage with other people. What are some ways that you're able to make your interactions mutually beneficial? How, How do you give back and show that mutual appreciation? So if there's one thing that Dale Carnegie is really, really good at, it's realizing that in anything, I don't care if it's a selling relationship, a leadership relationship, a client relationship, an internal peer-to-peer relationship, it's not about you, it's about the other person. And so it goes back to that quote, right? If I'm trying to get people interested in me, it's never going to happen. But if I can truly go into every situation just thinking like, how can I serve this person? How can I make their day a little bit better? If I leave a conversation and I feel like, oh my God, they don't know anything about me. They told me their whole life story. They told me all this stuff. They don't know anything about me. I know that was a good conversation because they're probably going to leave and be like, I really liked her. I don't know much about her, but I liked her. It's because I let them do a lot of the talking and I was just genuinely interested. Yeah. When I leave those conversations, it's like, God, I did way too much talking. Those are the conversations where then it's like it becomes not mutually beneficial and it ends up benefiting no one in the long run. That's true. That's so true. Can you talk about an interaction with one person that resulted in a breakthrough for you, either personally and or professionally? Yes. So when I first got into this business, this was one of like our first big clients and I wasn't leading the engagement. I was this this kind of lowly helper. (laughs) And I was so petrified, right? I was probably 27 at the time, didn't know what I was doing yet, but I was kind of there and I'm in this room full of all these senior leaders. They had about 70 of their senior leaders in the room and I'm sitting in the back thinking, oh my God, what in the world am I doing in this room? Like, I don't belong in this room. There's no way. And so I'm like sitting back, I'm like, "Ah, like I work at Dale Carnegie, I have to go talk to somebody. So I like found this guy who looked like he would be nice. And I walked up to him and I probably had a five minute conversation with him. And at the end of those five minutes, I was like, oh my God, that was like a regular person. He was very nice to me. He didn't make me feel stupid or like I didn't belong. He was just a regular person. I had asked him some questions. He answered them. He didn't say anything negatively about me. And that taught me, like, I don't care who you are, you're just a person. And it doesn't matter what your role is, how much experience you have. At the end of the day, you're a person. And so if you just take a genuine interest in someone, they're usually more than happy to talk to you. So that um, has really stuck with me. And now whenever I go anywhere, I'm like, I'll go talk to anyone because of that experience. 
I love that. I mean, and I love that it was almost like you learned by doing. You trusted yourself. I know you, you were scared and it felt uncomfortable or outside of the the comfort zone, outside your box. But but the fact that you did it and you survived and thrived as a result. How cool is that? That's a great example. Great example. I know. I'm gonna have to send this. I'm gonna have to send this podcast to him and say, Don, take a listen. That's you. I, told, <laughs> I told a story about you that you never knew happened. That's actually a great idea. I love that. I hope you will. I hope you will. Well, talk a little bit more about how networking has impacted your business. I mean, surely the story about Don is a is a good start. What other ways has networking benefited, changed, or helped you to grow your own business? Networking has been huge for me. So I came into Dale Carnegie in 2015, and I was in education prior to that. So when I got into Dale Carnegie, my professional network was like zilch. I didn't even have a LinkedIn page. I had no idea what a big business versus a small. I had no idea about businesses in St. Louis, let alone Kansas City, let alone where I would even go to meet people. So I just slowly but surely, I started reaching out to anyone that I could find that would just sit down and have coffee with me. And I would just ask them questions. And then I, they would say, oh, you should check out this group or, oh, you should meet so-and-so. And I just kept saying, yes, but sure, I'll go there. And so I'd go to this event and then I'd sit down with this person and then I'd go to another event and then they would introduce me to somebody else. And it definitely didn't happen overnight by any means, I'm still doing a lot of that. Like I love to get out and meet people and network, but it took several years to feel like it finally is like, it's like, oh, wow, once you build a network, I mean, I'll have people call me and say, hey, so-and-so recommended I reach out to you or, hey, would you, I've got someone I think you should meet. So it's, it's kind of that flywheel, you know, the Jim Collins flywheel. Absolutely. Start exactly. Flowing, you just keep saying yes. And the more you say yes, the more opportunity you're going to get. Yeah, 100%. I I mean, yes, that is the story of my own life. So I completely agree with you. You know, and and the fact that now people are contacting you and you're the one that they want to connect with, it means that you've kind of you've gotten in almost that state where you're part of an active network that it's it's consistently as dynamic as it may be and constantly changing, it's still going. So bravo to you. I think that that is fabulous. What what advice would you share with someone who wants to grow or cultivate their own network? Say yes. Say uh, yes. Yeah, you've you've got to say yes, and it can't be about you. Like you have to take a genuine interest in the people that you want to go connect with, because quite frankly, nobody wants to listen to me talk. They just don't, and nobody wants to listen to you talk. But as soon as they feel like it's valuable for them, or they feel like they're brought into it, they're going to listen. And so, say yes to opportunities, and then go into opportunities with this mindset of not like, how can I sell? Or how can I get people to like me? Just go into there thinking, gosh, who can I go connect with? Like, I want to get to know so-and-so. I want to be genuinely curious. That, it would be my best advice. Yeah, I mean, and that curiosity, I mean, that will, that's just a winning, it's a winning thing. Showing that genuine, constant curiosity, continuous personal growth. I think that that is so important for all of us. And it's not about what bureaucratic position you're in, but it certainly is about how successful we become, I think, in business and in life. So I, I agree with you completely. I love to ask a question uh, really to every one of my guests, kind of the dream networking opportunity. If, if you could meet with one person, who would it be and why? 
okay, wait, is this one of those, like, does it have to be an alive person or can this be like in, in general, in history, who would I want to meet? It could be in general, in history, it could be a real person. It could be a fictitious person. You pick. Oh, fictitious person. I've never really thought about that. I would say Abraham Lincoln for two reasons. One, I'm actually related to him. He's like Is my- Is that like, right? Yes. He's like my great, 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 great uncle. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm in the presence of royalty. I know. I've got like the lineage and everything to prove it. So that would just be cool in general because I related to him. But two, because I think he was an incredible leader. Dale Carnegie was very inspired by Abraham Lincoln. And one of my favorite Abraham Lincoln quotes, is he says, I don't like that man very much. I must get to know him better. Oh, and so, so just like, cool. I know, right? So just like his perspective, even back then to, to have like the foresight to realize that it's about so much more than just what you do, but it's about how you do it. And it's about bringing people with you. He would be someone that I would love to talk to about how he did everything that he did seemingly forever ago. Yeah. Well, okay. And I won't ask you who, but have you sort of thought about that quotation where there's somebody that you you didn't like and you made an extra effort to get to know them so that maybe you would begin to like them or at least understand them? Thank you for not making me say any names. Yeah, I won't make you say um, a name I'm, for sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And honestly, every time it turns out to be true. You know, you, so often we see someone and we'll judge them based on something they say or something we see them do. And Usually that's a sign that like, I just don't know them well enough. I have yet to find someone that when I truly get to know them, that you just hate or you really don't like. I mean, it's there, there might be a couple out there, but it's really hard once you truly get to know someone, like to not like them in some way. Well, and I always think if you can break bread with someone that you've already got something in common and you know, so many of us, myself included, we, we hang out with people just like us. <laughs> and so, especially in these polarized times, if, if we have any impetus to at least try to bridge some of that divide, I really think that seeking to understand someone, you don't have to like them or change their mind or change your own mind, but just to understand them, I think can be a huge breakthrough. Yeah, that's Dale. So Dale Carnegie has 30 principles on how to win friends and influence people. And that's principle number 17. Try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view. Love it. I love it. So great. Liz Haberberger from Dale Carnegie, Missouri. Loved having you on Enterprising. Will you tell us how to learn more about you and your company? Of course. So you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there, either Elizabeth Haberberger or Liz Haberberger. If you'd like to follow, I do ninja stuff and funny things with my kids. If you want to find me on Instagram, Addie Haberberger, you can also check out, if you just go to dealcarnegie.com, you can find St. Louis or Kansas City on there as well. Terrific, Liz. Loved having you on. Hope that we'll hear from you again sometime soon. I'm wishing you the very best of luck. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest, and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates.
All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.